Hello, my name is Hannah Morell. I'm with Pacific Store Financial Coaching, and this is Miserable is Not Enough. Uh, I help individuals and couples grow towards financial resilience, and I teach the same tools that I use for my own clients to agencies um, and other groups who seek to support and serve their communities. Um, today, I thought we'd talk a little bit about something that people don't want to talk about very much. Um, and that's talking about money. So talking about talking about money. Um, pretty much. Okay, so let's try this. Hmm. Gun to your head. You have to have a conversation with a stranger about one of two topics. Either your sex life or your financial life. Which would it be? Uh, when I've asked this question, and someday I'll do a proper poll and actually get real numbers, uh, it's more than a majority of people who would rather talk about their sex lives than their financial lives. Um, and that I find very telling. Um, and I have to remind myself of that constantly because I am super comfortable talking with people about money, but not everybody is. Uh, I don't typically talk about people's sex lives. That's not my bailiwick. And uh, so if you if that's what you want to talk about, then um, I'm not your girl. Anyways, so not only do people have a hard time talking about their financial lives with strangers, with me, um, people in general have a hard time talking about their financial lives with their partners. Um, and most of the time I hear back from couples that it's just, they, don't, they just don't know where to start, right? You don't know what you don't know. Um, so I develop a pretty comprehensive tool um, that meets all of the requirements of the last three episodes, like the how to tell if a financial tool is garbage. So um, I've designed this conversational scaffold that couples can use to be customizable, to be easy to use, to not be judgmental, and to actually work. And it has three phases, um, and I, but I do want to say that it is not a requirement that you go in order. Um, it is not a requirement that you ask these exact questions of each other. Um, it is basically the scaffold, the structure that you are going to build good financial conversations with your partner uh, around. So this is not a hard and fast set of rules. This is the beginning of you guys evolving uh, a conversation. I would recommend this be monthly. Uh, that is probably... Although you will have ad hoc conversations about comp finances, and hopefully if you're using a structured tool like this, those impromptu conversations about decisions that need to be made um, should get more and more comfortable over time. So uh, the purpose of this conversational strategy is to help you and your partner uh, begin to evolve uh, a safe, respectful, productive conversation about your finances. Uh, so a couple little guidelines, and I actually took these guidelines from um, a guy looking for his name right now. Um, his name is Ben Lacara. La I'm going to spell the last name L-A-C-A-R-A. -A. He has a blog, and he talks about something called Real Talk, and I will link to this as well. Um, and that is a conversational structure for the whole relationship. Um, and it is inspired uh, what we're going to talk about today. But his ideas for what should happen beforehand, like the setting up the conversation, I think is important. So basically, um, he and I would also encourage you to schedule a time to make this happen. Make it one to three hours. Have it on your calendar. Know that it's coming. 
both of you should be available and uh, be able to participate without distractions like text, phone calls, um, children, other family members, whatever. Uh, the more this is done, the easier it is to do. And it because what happens is we begin to build um, a shared communication and trust and comfort. Uh, be fed, have water, and go to the bathroom first. Take care of your bodily needs. Um, do this conversation in an environment where you can touch each other um, during and or after the session. Um, exercise caution when doing this before bed. Sleep is important. So why not get a good night's rest and then get, get to this conversation in the morning? If you don't have time for a conversation like this, uh, it may be time to examine uh, your priorities. I hate to be judgmental uh, or say anything that kind of sounds that way, but if you or your partner are super resistant to having a financial conversation, it might be time to take a look deeper look at why. Um, um, ben Lacara and I would both recommend not doing this conversation while you are driving. Seems like it should be a good time to multitask, but you know we can't touch or make a bunch of eye contact when we're driving. Um, it's hard to read each other's facial cues. And it, it can be done, um, but instead of passing the time on a long drive, it can make it an, end up making a long drive feel even longer. So before you begin, I'd like you to think about a couple things. Uh, leave out of this conversation blame, shame, judgment, guilt for yourself and your partner. Um, it seems like these are corrective things, like we're trying to make better decisions in the future based on judgment about the past. It just does not work that way. Um, don't lead the conversation. So if you, if this is your idea, that's wonderful, but this is a leaderless conversation. This should definitely not be a parent child kind of a relationship. This should be, uh, the conversation should be an opportunity to practice meeting each other where you are. So before you ask a question, Think about what your goal is for asking this question. Um, think about if you just want to be share or be heard. Are you seeking sympathy, comfort, praise, celebration? Or are you trying to solve a problem? Seek, get some help or advice. So what is the purpose of you asking this question? Are you asking a question to punish your partner? Um, if that's the case, um, probably not a good question to ask. Before you answer any question, let's take a moment and think about the physical reaction that you're having. Are you feeling defensive? Do you need more time to answer the question? Always ask more time. Ask, you could always ask for more time. And the last thing before you begin is to be prepared to answer any question that you ask. So be prepared that your partner could come right back and ask you the same question that you just asked them. So phase one is all about building trust and kind of opening this conversation. Um, and this is where I would recommend that you begin. And it's two questions, although you can definitely build more, they're both positive. So. Um, the qu first question I would recommend would be, what have I done recently with our finances that you've appreciated? And a good example of that would be, like, I appreciate that you did a whole bunch of meal prep, so we don't have to worry about being tempted to eat out as much. That's a great example. And what do you love about our finances right now is the second phase one question. Um, and a, a good example would be like if someone said, I love that our, our savings are finally growing and we can see that. 
again, the, these first questions, they are openers. They're meant to kind of start the conversation. They're positive on purpose. And when you're both ready, maybe two conversations in, maybe the first conversation, it doesn't really matter. You can move on to phase two, which is where you'll begin to deepen that conversation. The questions uh, get a little harder and a little deeper and are not necessarily as positive, but they certainly can be. So one of the questions is, do you have any lingering concerns or hesitations about choices that I've made that affect our finances? And a possible response to that could be, I'm concerned that your lunches out at work might push our food spending too high this month. Is there anything that you need from me that you're finding hard to get? And that, of course, is a general relationship question, but finances in our relationships are, are very much part of each other. A possible, an example of a response to that would be, I feel like whenever I bring a money concern to you, you get defensive or fearful, even if it has nothing to do with you. And I need to be able to finish my thoughts before you try to fix or defend whatever I'm bringing up. Another good question for phase two would be, in what ways can I better support you? Um, and a possible response might be, uh, I feel like you aren't fully bought into the idea of me switching jobs. What's going on there? Let's talk more about that. Another question for phase two might be, are you satisfied with the way that we share the work of running our lives? And a possible response might be, most of the time. I think I'd like to revisit how we break up chores, but that's not a big deal. It's not super high on my uh, priority list. So phase two is all about kind of deepening that conversation. Um, phase three is where you're gonna get kind of intentional. And, and notice for phase one and phase two, nobody's talked really about, probably about dollar amounts. It's just about the conversation itself. So phase three is we're going to get really, really particular about the finances themselves. I do need to make it clear that you do not need to be working off of a shared budget or an individual budget at this point. Um, you should be able to use this tool whether you are working with me or not. You should be able to use this tool whether you even have shared goals, whether you've even had a goal conversation. So uh, having a budget is not required. Having a Financial coach is not required and having uh, even shared goals is not required. Um, so, but if you are using a budget, either a pre-made budget, which I hate, or a zero-based budget, which is what I teach, review each of your categories. So it's time to review the last month. Uh, each category or bucket, if you're using the Pacific STOA system, uh, so let's say it's the um, eating out bucket. I'm just going to pick eating out because it's really a wonderful one to pick on. Your category for eating out, um, you'll ask yourself for each of these categories three questions. Did you over or underspend? And if so, what situation preceded that? Um, and you're, so you're looking for a pattern. So the dig down on this is like, so let's pick on eating out. Um, we spent $40 over our expected 50 eating out this month. The question would be, did we over or underspend? And if so, what, what happened? Um, did, did we just get too far behind on our scheduling? Like was the time management not where it should have been so that we were super rushed and felt like we had to eat out more? Um, did one of us have more business meetings, which is a good thing, and which meant we needed to eat out um, for business meetings more? You know, what happened? You're looking for the cause and effect there. 
Um, this, the second question that you want to ask about each category is, did we plan our expectations accurately for this category? Um, so if we went over on our eating out, um, was that because we didn't plan it properly or, or did we plan it properly, but we overspent or the third question, did something unexpected happen? So that's a little hard for eating out because you really can't have an emergency eating out situation. Um, you can, uh, but not the kind of emergency like your, uh, alternator blew up or, um, your dishwasher stopped working. So that would be the third question for each category is did something unexpected happen? And that could be also an emergency, but it could definitely also be an opportunity as well. So again, the three questions that you'd ask yourself if you're using a budget for each category um, would be, did we over or underspend? Did we plan our expectations accurately? And did something unexpected happen? And using those three questions for each of the categories that we have uh, our money broken up into, uh, will help us kind of determine, you know, what changes need to be made. Do we need to allow a little bit more in this bucket? Do we need to allow less? Um, does do routine, do emergency seem to be happening quite a bit more in the car bucket? So, you know, do we need to allow for more? Um, it, was this a one-time deal? Did this amazing opportunity come up that's not going to happen again? So we don't really need to change our, our strategy for money spending. So if you are not using a budget, if you are not using a zero-based budget or any other kind of budget or spending strategy, um, you can ask each other, you know, what did we spend money on this month that you are okay with and why? And of course, the, the counterpoint to that, what did we spend money on this month that you are not okay with? And then, of course, why? So again, digging down into... Um, what's going on with our spending and looking for the patterns. What are you okay with and what are you not okay with is a great starting point. Um, so next thing you're going to do in phase three is you're going to open up an agenda. So after reviewing your previous month's budget or spending plan, decide on some topics that you'd like to discuss in this same conversation. Um, so what would you like to talk about? Basically, what would you like to add to this agenda if that we're going to have a discussion on now? Uh, I, and some examples would be, I'd like to talk about how much we are spending on eating out. We need to talk about the argument that we had about our child's sports activities. Uh, I have a new goal or a project that I'd like to talk about. Um, or, uh, you know, something like, should we talk about the vacation that we're planning for the end of the year? Uh, I'm seeing a potential emergency or disruption or opportunity coming up. Uh, and um, talking about work certainly is a really great Thing to talk about during this. Uh, and then obviously, once you kind of have written down everything that you kind of want to talk about, go through them one by one. Um, and that that's part of the conversation is probably going to take most of the time, hopefully. And, and you, this will change over time. Some, time. some months that you have a conversation, it'll be one or two, um, and sometimes it'll be more. Um, my experience with couples has been the more comfortable they get, the more things that they can feel like they can feel comfortable adding to the um, conversation. So at the end of your conversation, it's time to review and reflect. So a fantastic question is what aha moment, what surprise did you have during our talk today? So this is us always looking for something that stuck out to us that potentially we want to follow up on later, or it's just a really important moment of realization. Um, Another great one, and this is a great goal building uh, question, is what do you want us to accomplish together? 
And there is a mandatory, I said there's nothing required, but there is absolutely, this is absolutely required. Whether you stop at phase one or go all the way through phase three, the mandatory last step is that you must do something fun together. Don't skip this step. Go out to dinner, share some intimacy, go on an outing, um, just the two of you together. And I, I don't want you to view this as a reward uh, for completing the conversation, but more as part of it. So this is not, you know, we got through this, so now we get to reward ourselves with going out for dinner. This is part of the conversation. So once you have started having conversations with your partner um, about your finances, um, hopefully using um, a modified and evolved version of this structure, start thinking about planning ahead. If you're not already using a zero-based budget, is it time to start looking at that? Is it start, time to start thinking about goal setting? And again, you don't need to have already set goals together to, um, to start having this conversation. And of course, if you and your partner can talk about money, you can talk about anything. I will again link um, Ben Lacara's, uh, I don't know why I have such a hard time with his last name, um, slowly expand this conversation out to including all parts of your relationships together, parenting, in-laws, sex, work, household stuff, doesn't matter. Um, this is the beginning. And, um, we blasted through this conversational uh, scaffold pretty quickly, but this conversation uh, should uh, compromise a couple, an hour, at least an hour probably. So if if you are ready for the next step, if you're ready to talk about goal setting or zero-based budgets, I will encourage you to reach out to me. You can reach me by email. I will include my email, but it is hannah, H-A-N-N-A, at pacificstoa.com. Um, that's what I'm for. This is my whole job. Um, so this strategy, this scaffold is, is really meant for you guys to begin evolving that. But when you're ready, let me know. All right, so in conclusion, being open enough in your relationship to have conversations like this is difficult, but it is so worth it. Um, after just a few sessions, you will find that you are both growing more and more comfortable sharing and will trust yourselves and each other more and more. When our relationships are full of openness and trust, they are resilient and a resilient relationship can withstand just about anything. Thank you very much for listening today. Uh, I'd love to hear, this is a longer one, so thank you for hanging in there. Uh, please reach out to me. Uh, thank you very much for your time. Be well. The tools, concepts, strategies, and processes covered in this curriculum, coaching, and podcast are meant to be used for your personal development and or in the partnership with the tools that you are already using in the service of your community. If you are considering seeking compensation of, or contracts using this financial coaching curriculum, please reach out to Pacific STOA for more information on the Financial Wellness Coach Certificate and exclusive licensing.